Welcome into the latest edition of ESPN FC. Craig Shecker and Kay here in the studio. In just a moment, we'll be hearing from Alex Kirtland. And a little later on, we're going to be talking Bundesliga too. But we will start by talking about the latest reports that Xavi's job could be on the line after that 4-1 defeat to Real Madrid in the Supercopa. Well, Xavi has denied these reports, saying, the day the players aren't with me, I will pack my bags and go home. We still have three trophies to play for. If we don't meet objectives, I will be the first to go. Let's now welcome in Alex Kirkland from Spain to talk more about this. What more can you tell us about the situation right now, Alex? Yeah, it's very interesting, this this story. We should say this story comes from colleagues at ESPN. It's impeccably sourced from very close to the dressing room or even inside the dressing room, talking about Barcelona's players, some of Barcelona's players. Now, we don't know exactly how many, but some within the dressing room losing faith with Xavi as, as coach. Now, partly, I think this is to be expected. This is the kind of story that you get coming out when a team is playing badly, when a team isn't getting results. I think, in a way... I mean, it might almost be more worrying if you know the players were all just perfectly happy with the situation. You want them to be not best pleased about about all of this. Um, so it's not a massive surprise that a story like this comes out. I think that the, the timing is is kind of interesting. Of course, it comes off the back of them being absolutely thrashed, dominated by Real Madrid in the final of the Spanish Supercopa. They've got this big game coming up uh, tomorrow in the in the Copa del Rey and in La Liga, as you can see there at the table. They're they're battling at the moment to, to finish inside the top four. Um, so it's interesting. I guess the big question is, well, how many of these players aren't happy with Xavi? How many of them are, are losing faith? And how significant are those players within the dressing room and within the team? Like I say, I'm not sure it's massively surprising. And Xavi, the kind of character, it, it, you can imagine some players falling out with him, can't you? You know, he's not a sort of a, a Carlo Ancelotti, good vibes kind of guy. He's a little bit spiky. He's a bit of a difficult character. He's an ideologue. It's sort of, it's, it's his way or the highway. He's been quite happy as well at times this season to call out the players and sort of point the fingers at the players as well as much as at himself. Um, so you can imagine him falling out with, with one or two of the, of the players. And the only way to, to change that, I guess, is to start turning the results around. If the results start to improve, then everybody gets back on board. So does it come down to the manner of this defeat, the way we saw Real Madrid exploit that high line that Xavi is under this scrutiny right now, given that it is Real Madrid, their biggest rivals? As sure as night follows day, this kind of story was always going to come out. We've talked about it in the Premier League with Ten Hag and Man United for months, years, and this is no surprise. But the one thing I would say is, look, the buck will always stop with the manager, whether we like that or not. That, that, that's been the same since day dot and it won't change. Uh, but these players, interestingly enough, most of them, I would imagine, because there's not too many have come in in the summer, Gundogan was one. Most of them seem to have faith in Xavi last year when they had success, but, oh, lo and behold, most of us are playing very badly and we don't have faith in the manager, so it's a two-way street. You watch the performances of recently, Ronald Arojo, Jules Koundé, more importantly, Robert Lewandowski, and others, many, many more, they're all playing below par. Now, as I said, the buck will stop. When heads roll, it won't be those guys, it will be the manager. But that's what he's relying on at the moment. And if he has lost them, and I don't know, because this kind of story comes with, with defeats and, and bad times and there's always a leak. If he has lost them, that's going to be a, a difficult scenario. We just can't answer that question. What we do know, he needs to get results and he needs to get results pretty quickly. I, I think 
This, this result against, against Real Madrid is just the icing on the cake. Barcelona have not been playing well. Results have not been good. There's been um, murmurings coming from as high an office as, as Laporta's. And when that starts happening, you just feel that the pressure is going to mount. When the club president or owner or whoever it is is in charge starts making some of these remonstrations around, about the manager and not really happy, these kinds of stories inevitably follow. Because the owner on his own not being happy normally isn't enough to, to, to kind of build that pressure. So you find players kind of joining in or players being recruited, if, if you want to put it that way. Um, but then to, to Alex's point, I, I think, well, you will never find any dressing room where everybody is completely happy. Somebody's upset with playing time, with, with playing performances, with position. Um, when that happens and when things are, are going poorly as they are, you have to start asking, who are the important players? Who are those players who are driving this narrative? If it's somebody like a Gundogan and Lewandowski, I think Xavi's in for a, a lot of problems. If it's for some, some of the other younger players, maybe not so much because of his standing within the game, within the club. Um, right now, it's about who is making the most noise. Well, Lewandowski's been griping for most of the season, and I'm not suggesting it's him, I, I don't know, but... He he has an uh, he's had an air of unhappiness since day day one. Really, I mean, he's talked about referees in La Liga. He talked about the style of play of some teams, the style of play of his own team, the lack getting of, the service when we see on the pitch, yeah. the lack of the service. So he's talked about that, but it baffles me how a team who were able to win the league last year lacks the camaraderie to at least fix their bayonets and stick together in these troubled times that come so soon after that success. Yeah, they were poor in uh, Europe and, and all that goes with it. They went out of the Champions League, they went out of the Europa League. But they were successful in, in La Liga. And to see this turn so quickly, I think tells you the lack of character within uh, this dressing room, if I'm, if I'm being honest with you. And, 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 but I'm not surprised uh, because we see this a lot when results turn. Just, I'm just surprised that it seems to be happening six months after they delivered a La Liga title under but, this but manager. Remember, Lewandowski has a little bit of a history with this. Remember what season was it where he didn't win the, the top scorer in, in the Bundesliga and he was complaining about the team weren't playing for him and weren't giving him the service so that he could, he could lift the, the top scorer award, which is just odd it, well, for, for me in, in a team that's winning. You, you're winning the Bundesliga title, but you're upset about the lack of service because somebody beat you to, to, to the leading goal scorer. That just rang a little bit wrong for me. And now, if you, if you take that context and put it into a Barcelona team where he's not scoring, the team aren't winning, they're struggling to, and clinging to, to a top-four position, it, it wouldn't surprise me at all if Lewandowski was one of the more vocal of, of the players. Do we know any more about that, Alex? Because obviously it comes from very close sources about who is complaining. Because what we do see is when players maybe feel as though they've been put out there and exposed, that they're more likely to talk. Are they upset with some of the tactics that Xavi's been using? Well, look, like I said, we, we don't know names. We can't identify specific players. What we can say is, I guess, you can look at which players maybe haven't been playing as much as they might like, and, and you, you could you know, reasonably assume that they wouldn't be too happy with the situation. In terms of the tactics, you might look at the way that some of the players have been have been exposed, I guess, in, in recent weeks. And you mentioned that high defensive line in the in the Supercopa final, for example, that didn't make the defence look particularly great. In fact, they looked a bit silly, didn't they? 
um, the way they were sort of torn apart by by Real Madrid. So you could make some some assumptions and you could maybe speculate and and you could sort of guess which uh, which of the players aren't, aren't aren't too happy. But we we don't know names right now. A couple of things that I would say. I guess the big question that follows on from this is. Well, is Xavi going to stay? Is Xavi going to go? Two things to remember when it comes to, to that big question. The first thing, we've talked about this before, this is Xavi. This is one of the best players in Barcelona's history. This is a guy who's sort of a symbol of the greatest team in Barca's history, the Pep Guardiola team. We heard Pep come out and, and back Xavi this week, by the way. Um, this is also a coach, as, as Xhaka just said, who won the league last season. He's got credit in the, in the bank. The other thing, you know, we talk all the time, we sort of bore ourselves to death about these um, squad spending limits, don't we, and Barca being restricted. Um, on um, in terms of what they can do in the in the transfer market with players, we have to remember that applies to coaches as well, coaches and their coaching staff. So if Barca were to sack Xavi, they would be restricted in terms of the money they could spend on bringing coaching staff in and bringing a new manager in. La Liga have some flexibility around coaches, but but not all that much. Um, the, the talk is that if Xavi were to go, I don't think he is going to go imminently, but if he were, a likely candidate might well be uh, Rafa Marquez, former Barca player, former Mexico legend, centre-back, um, who is currently coach of the Barca B team and is quite highly rated. So that's another thing to, to bear in mind as well. And another thing, obviously, Copa del Rey game against Unionistas. Third tier, right, Alex? What <clears> happens <throat> if he does lose this game? Would he then be expected to go or would they still stick with him? Yeah, it's a fascinating tie. It's, it's going to be a great one. I was actually there at Unionistas' game in the previous round against Villarreal when they knocked Villarreal out. The atmosphere was fantastic. They're a great little club with a, with a passionate, hardcore fan base. Not an easy place to go at all. You wouldn't be... You know, of course, it would be an upset if Barca went out, but you wouldn't be staggered if, if, if away from home in, in Salamanca, Barca were eliminated. It's still the Copa del Rey. It's not the most important trophy. Of course, the biggest thing is the Champions League. It's, it, it's La Liga, but... They've just lost the Supercopa final. That's one trophy they're not winning. If you knock another trophy off that list as well in the in the Copa del Rey, you're running out of, of options. You're narrowing your options for making a successful season. So I don't think a Copa del Rey elimination would be definitive, would be decisive, but it would be another step. It would lead to more discontent from the fans, more potential discontent from the from the players as well, and more discontent from, um, from the president, Joanne Laporta. So yeah, it, it's one to watch. Like I say, I don't think... Uh, a defeat to Barca in, in Salamanca, I don't think it means that they that Xavi is on the way out imminently, but it certainly wouldn't help with this this kind of negative dynamic, this sort of this downward spiral the team are in right now. I think the Champions League is going to be a big one for them as well. And I don't don't think they're going to win it, obviously, but you know, they've got Napoli to face. Uh, if they go out of that, if they look as if they're struggling to get in the top four, it, it it's going to be a difficult time for them. Uh, I think we have to separate, if we can, Xavi the great player and Xavi the manager. And I, I, I get it. He's so much success at the club and delivered the league last year. Fantastic player. But it doesn't... Just because you were this great player doesn't, going to, doesn't mean you're going to be this great coach. That's a fallacy. I played with and under arguably one of, one of the greatest footballers of the last 30 years, at least, in Rude Hullet, right? And he had success coaching, to an extent, at, at Chelsea, but it just, he just couldn't cut it long term. And there's no... You know, and Xavi's had this success last year, but that doesn't guarantee a, a, a long, elongated career as a coach, like Carlo Ancelotti or, or, or others. You know, Sir Alex Ferguson wasn't at the real top of the tree when he was playing, neither was 
Arsene Wenger, neither was Jose Mourinho, there have been others. So there's no... It's a little sentimental just to think about, oh, this is, this is going to be... At the end of the day, Barcelona will have a, a football decision to make, not based on what he has achieved 10, 15 years ago or whatever it was, but what he may achieve and what he can do for them in the future. And sometimes it is difficult to separate that, but I think Barcelona ultimately as a business will have to do that if he's, going to sh if he's not going to show that he can turn things around. And at the moment, there's no sign of that. So that's one of the Copa del Rey clashes. Onionist is coming up. Meanwhile, we have El Derby once again, and not for the last time in the next month. We're seeing Atleti against Real Madrid once again, this time in Copa del Rey play, Alex. Will Atleti get their revenge for what happened in the Supercopa? Could they? Yeah, let's see if it lives up to that Super Copper game, that amazing 5-3 after extra time, which has yeah, absolutely everything. Just a, just a brilliant game. Madrid derbies haven't always been quite as, as full of goals and, and drama as that. Sometimes they're quite tight and tight, quite cagey as derbies often are. We saw earlier in the season at the Metropolitano Atleti um, inflict Real Madrid's only defeat of the season when they beat Real Madrid 3-1. Um, Carlo Ancelotti talking about this today, he was saying he thinks this game is going to be tougher than the Supercopa one because it's at the Metropolitano, because Atletico are so good at home. Because Again, it's a one-off knockout tie uh, away from home for, uh, for Real Madrid. It's a great opportunity for, for Atletico and, and Diego Simeone to get revenge for that for that Supercopa game. Um, it's going to be fascinating. Madrid derbies always are, like I said, it doesn't tend to be much in them. And, and in that Supercopa game, you, know, you say it finishes 5-3. Remember, it was very, very tight right the way through. Atleti led twice in normal time. Twice Real Madrid came back and in the end, uh, Atletico just ran out of legs basically in extra time and Real Madrid's, I think, superior bench. The, the players they could bring off the bench like Cross and Camavinga and Hosilu, they just had too much for Atletico in the end. But over the 90 minutes, there was absolutely nothing in it and, and arguably Atletico were, uh, were, were the marginally the better strikers. Like I say, they led twice in that, in that game. So, Atleti will simply look to repeat that kind of performance, that level of performance, I think, and hope that in, in the margins and the little details and things go their way um, this time and, and they might have enough to get over the line. Yeah, let's hope it is as exciting. I don't wish this to happen, but maybe Atleti just need to be a bit more boring again. <laughs> they, they, you know, they've, they've been involved in a lot of high-scoring games uh, this season, particularly recently, and it's kind of gone away from the grain of what uh, Simeone was and maybe is and what everybody complained about mm. yeah no and I'm not complaining but if, if I, I, I'm sure he doesn't want anything as exciting it uh, wasn't exciting in the end for him when he was watching Old Black run back but <laughs> I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> when, when Alex said Atleti ran out of legs only push I could think of was Paul Yard Old Black listen to, to that point as, as good as Atleti have been and maybe to Craig's point when you get the lead how, how can Atleti hold on to that now I, I would never ask Atleti to regress to, to, to what we've kind of seen in, in years gone by I, I think they have far too good players just to kind of bore the opponent to death um, but and, and the thing is after that Super Copa loss they, there was there was a start was it the last seven knockout ties that Real Madrid have, have all won and I, you just wonder how much how how that plays on Atletico Madrid psychologically, how that plays for Real Madrid psychologically going in this one, another knockout tie. Um, it, or as a neutral, all you can hope for is a really good game, for, but for Atleti, you want to break. But it's unlike Atleti are going to win the league now. You know, the, the, last, the last few weeks before the winter break and just after the winter break and they've just fallen behind off the pace. It's not, it's not, un, it's not undoable, but it's unlikely. And so they're looking at Copa del Rey, Champions League, which they're in, sailed through the group. 
uh, the chances of them catching Real Madrid in the league or, or indeed Girona, I think are pretty slim. So maybe a few more eggs in this in this basket, bearing in mind uh, where they're sitting in the La Liga table. A 1-0 Atletico Madrid. Uh, thanks yeah. so much, Alex Kirkland. <laughs> After extra time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll speak to you again soon. We'll let you get some rest. There has been a little bit of good news for Barcelona. It's just that it's the women's team Ooh. where the good news comes, and uh, we'll get to that. But, yeah, thanks so much for being with us, Alex. Yes, Barcelona. Why does Alex, oh. why does Alex need rest? Real Madrid, Nelly. He's a father of two. He's got a little one. Two <laughs> and three as well. Hold on. Hold on. I'm a father of three. Yeah, but... Hey, and father. I'm not even going to get to Xhaka. <laughs> <laughs> He's a father of 12. <laughs> Two into three, all right? Two into three. Anyway, Barcelona 4-0 against Real Madrid in the Women's Supercopa semi-final. Uh, braces from Salma Parayuelo and Mariona Caldente means that Barcelona on the women's side definitely have something to cheer right now. Elsewhere in Spanish football, we have had Copa del Rey action and we've got more coming. Unionistas against Barcelona, as mentioned, and that Atleti Madrid game coming up as well. Thursday, 1.30pm, a bit of a doubleheader there, 3pm Eastern for El Derby following right after it. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't a search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work, use Indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash FC. Just go to Indeed.com slash FC right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on the podcast. Indeed.com slash FC, terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Did you know less than 10% of Americans own an e-bike? Here's why that should change. Studies show e-bike owners actually end up exercising more, plus getting outside more. If you're looking for a balanced lifestyle and everyday adventures, you need to check out Electric e-bikes. They are the number one selling e-bike brand in America. Their bikes are typically foldable, pre-assembled and have serious range up to 150 miles on some models. Check them out today at electricebikes.com and add some more adventure to your week. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-Bikes.com. Some of the Bundesliga looks like this. Leverkusen four points ahead of Bayern, though they have played a game more, but they have been top since round six now of Xabi Alonso's men. And now we are heading into round 18. This week, Archie Rintuk caught up with Bayern coach Thomas Tuchel to discuss a number of things, including Harry Kane. Thomas, Harry Kane, you haven't necessarily worked with many players of his profiles. If I look back at the players at PSG, at, at Dortmund, yeah. how has it been for you to adapt to that? Very, yeah, very different profile than to all my other players because he can play as a nine. He's uh, the, the fox in the box, of course, like no other outstanding finishing, but uh, he's also assisting. Um, great, great skills in, in playing the last pass and second to last pass. Great uh, link-up play with, with our fast wingers. 
so it's amazing and uh, yeah it's I always say it you learn from your players if you have the privilege to be a coach and to be a coach on that level you learn from your players and you learn a lot from Harry and we find we find positions where he feels comfortable in we find the links where uh, where he likes to link up and and he can release our speed around him so this is what we try to do and uh, yeah if we have training sessions like like I just come from from the pitch it's it's always amazing to see him because he does what he does so regularly and it, it's 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 astonishing that Robert Lewandowski record of 41 goals is I didn't think in danger. I would <laughs> it is in danger and no one could ever believe that it it will be in danger forever but it is in danger but we need a bit of luck we need uh, we need the, the team get the team going Harry needs to be fit and then we see what's coming there was a phrase you used about the players around him that I liked, release the speed. Yeah. And when you say release the speed, there's one man that comes to mind more than most, and that is Leroy Sané. Yeah. You have managed to release not just the speed, but the precision with him this season and the consistency that we've not seen from him yeah. so far in his career. What's clicked? I don't know. I think we clicked. This is just by chance because we like each other and I think it helps Leroy to feel calm. He knows very well what I demand from him and I demand a lot. I saw the I saw then live on the pitch the physical power that the boy has is simply incredible. So I said very early with this physicality you have to dominate the league. There's no other way that you, you can be happy without dominating and, and be outstanding player for us. Uh, then we saw that his best numbers came from the left side, also at Manchester City. So we swapped sides uh, in, within the season with um, Kingsley Coman. I think that helped a lot, even if he did not like it so much maybe in the beginning. But with Harry dropping the play up, the link up play with Harry is, is very good. But the, he has to step up and he has to keep on going now. He cannot be happy. And that's why it's good that Harry is by his side because then he sees how it's done. Because Harry is doing it on an everyday basis, no matter what training session we do, he's doing it. And this is the next step for Leroy to, to be consistent. The, the, the potential and the, the, the decisiveness is, is outstanding so far but it's only half a season and you have to you have to keep going and, and produce these numbers in the in the decisive moments of the season now well let's welcome in the man who conducted that interview Archie Rintut and also Jan Agafiotov let's talk about that partnership though first Archie between Leroy Zane and Harry Kane as well and what we've been seeing from the two as a pair this season they complement each other so well and the way that Harry Kane has, has come deep on a lot of occasions this season and Leroy Sane has, has run in behind as well is, is something that has worked so, so efficiently for Bayern. And I think that the selflessness of Harry Kane can sometimes get lost because he has those goal numbers that make you just go, wow. And yet actually just the amount of work that he does for the team and the way that he makes everything that he does look so easy and so effortless, I think is, is, is an underappreciated asset of his. So that he has also managed to bring out a greater professionalism in Leroy Sane as well, as Thomas Tuchel was saying to me, I think that 
that is also something that Bayern maybe didn't realise that they were going to be getting when they bought him as well. Obviously, he seems to be quite clear, though, Tuchel, in the interview, that Kane is bringing out the best of Sané and that his potential is being released. Well, yeah, we talked about this on here before, before Kane had actually kicked the ball in anger in, in Germany, that, that his style of play and the fact that he is so adapt at, and adept at, uh, at dropping into these almost midfield areas, and it would allow runners to go in behind him. When you look at the players that they have in Gnabry, and Kingsley Coman and obviously Leroy Sane, it, it looked like the perfect scenario for them that he dragged defenders a little deeper and they used the pace to, to time their runs. Now, sometimes it's easier said than done. You've got to go out and, and, and execute it, but they've done that. And anything Harry Kane has done in Germany so far is absolutely not a surprise. They paid for one of the most polished footballers in world football. A guy who can... Pass the ball like a top-class midfielder and finish in the penalty box like the top-class striker that he is. So I, the, the, the fact that it's working and everybody's happy with him and the players enjoy him and, and his professionalism. Because when he was at Tottenham for all those years, how many times did you hear about Harry Kane, you know, nights out and complaining about managers? And even when Conte and Mourinho were in and the, the football was a little boring or a lot boring, you never really heard any complaints from the Harry Kane camp, so they knew what they were getting. It was up to the others to raise their game, and I think we've seen that in some cases. And Jan, even as we saw against Hoffenheim last Friday, even when Harry Kane has a quiet game, he can still pop up and get a goal and be on the score sheet. But we were asking whether he actually knows or whether Tuchel knows his actual defined role in this Bayern team yet. We got Archie to ask Tuchel and both Kane afterwards what do you think? Do you think that's something they are still figuring out? Well, I think that you can't be more perfect than what he's done in Germany, as the boys were talking about. But I think that in Harry Kane, you get a perfect teammate. Because as outside the pitch, he's a role model. And I mean, outside Allianz Arena or a Bundesliga stadium, also in training, he's doing his stuff. He's making players in and around him better that he can score goals we all know that we, we knew that he can make assists as well but i think that he is in a process now of getting a leader position he came as a captain for tottenham he cop captain for england he's not that yet at bayern but he could end up there as for leroy sané and i mean that helps him that harry kane is doing that but it also helps him that Tuchel always, first of all, he demands a lot from every player and he says he's clicked with Leroy Sané because sometimes I think that also we've, it's been a bit misunderstood by Leroy Sané because he has a good attitude. He is a great player. We saw that with Manchester City. He got a brilliant assist, brilliant eye for the ball. But sometimes when he was at his bad games, his body language didn't help him out. And I think that is one of these things that Tuchel seems to have sorted with him because... Yes, he's playing better, but even if he has some quiet, quiet time in a game, you still see a guy passionate about getting better for him and for the rest of the team. But the body language matter comes up a lot with Ale every week. Ale, but yeah. right now, even when he had two assists on Friday, he was upset with Zane's body language. He had a feeling that Tuchel, as you've just had a little bit, there's some hints towards it. And I feel as though sometimes he listens to Tuchel's interviews and he thinks that some of the criticism he's 
putting out there is towards Sane. Does body language actually matter, Shaka? Well, it, it matters to a point, but as long as he keeps producing these kinds of performances on, on a consistent basis, as he's done all season, I'm not bothered with it. Leroy Sane has always had a little bit of an edge, and, and sometimes that edge is what makes some players stand out, and, and, and that's Leroy Sane, and that's not going to change. I certainly hope it doesn't change, but to, to, to the point everybody's been making, it's as he's gotten better with, with Harry Kane, that, that understanding between the two, the example that Harry Kane provides, you see more and more of, of Leroy Sane and better and more consistent performances from, from Leroy Sane. I, I'll say I, I, I can't help but join the chorus of, of singing Harry Kane's praises. Though I have to say, while we knew exactly how good a, a player he was, we knew how good a goal scorer he, he, he was at, at Spurs, there's always a, maybe a little shred of, of uncertainty given that he's moving from one league to another. Lewandowski moved from, from Dortmund to, to, to Munich, so it wasn't, that, it wasn't any kind of a surprise that he had the successes that he did. But when you're moving countries, when you're moving leagues, Harry Kane is coming to Germany not knowing the language, you just wonder how quickly he'd settle. And my, he has been everything that Bayern Munich had been missing since Lewandowski left and a whole and everything that they need in getting the best out of a Leroy Sané when because he's had a, he's had good examples before in Thomas Muller and Robert Lewandowski but never been able to, to get over that hump and now all of a sudden while he's maintained but, some of that edge some of that body language his performance have been far better far more I think you get certain players that and I'm not talking about Kane now I'm talking about Sané I don't know what the boys think of this. You have, you have certain players who, no matter who the manager is that comes and goes, performance levels kind of stay the same. Leroy Sané, to me, seems like a, man, a, a player who needs a certain type of manager, and he's found it at the moment. Let's not forget, this is a guy that had his problems at City and Guardiola didn't, didn't want him there anymore, and he wanted to return to Germany. He was also left out the German national team for one of the World Cups by Yogi Love. So... It, it, it's, he's a kind of, you know, Marmite character, uh, but it seems to me at the moment that, and, and listen, he's an imperfect science, uh, but that's kind of what makes him something so, so good to watch and it's maybe so frustrating. But it's clear at the moment he's enjoying his football, his relationship with Tuchel for now seems good and his relationship with his teammates, particularly Harry Kane, uh, seem to be in a great place, but he needs to, he seems to, he's that kind of player, he needs to be in that headspace and you need to keep him in that headspace for him to perform. Where are you on this whole matter with Zane Archie? You know what's really weird is that he's not scored in any of his last 11 games for Bayern and you just wouldn't know it because the performances yeah. have been so strong. And that's not usually the case. If, if those sort of numbers were adding up in a normal season for Leroy Sane, which I would characterise as what's usually been an inconsistent one, then there'd be all sorts of headlines around Munich and there'd be every other question of being about him. But because the all-round game is looking so good right now, those questions aren't, aren't being asked. And he still does need to turn up in the second half of the season. And things are still about to heat up because the Champions League, yeah. when that comes back, is still the main thing. And actually, that brings me to the point about Harry Kane's position. He hasn't had a defined role as such because it's been changing because Thomas Tuchel has been adjusting his game plan to the opposition, which I think is very important in comparison to what Julian Nagelsmann did, which was he wanted to just blow opponents away immediately. And I think Bayern had trouble in the Champions League 
in concentrating for 90 minutes against different kinds of opponents. And actually, what Thomas Tuchel is doing is setting them up to be more Champions League proof when those tests come around so that Harry Kane is used to doing different kind of things as opposed to doing what Robert, Lovett, uh, what Robert Lewandowski just wanted to do, which was hang around the box and be left alone to do his job as goal scoring. And Harry Kane is saying, I'll do whatever it takes for the team. And that is helping to bring out the best of someone like Leroy Sané. But, yeah. but it's, yeah, but it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's the Thursday night. We're discussing uh, Bayern. Everything is okay, but it's all about winning trophies. And we can talk about Leroy Sané. And Archie made a good point there because if things is working, if you have a manager that speaks for you, that is easier for a player as well. So if we can take Tuchel, you know I love Tuchel. I've always rated him as one of the greatest coaches around. But still, he doesn't like see, seem delict. He doesn't like it seems Kimmich. Not saying not liking, but maybe not giving him the same support. So it's also very important that you have a manager that supports Leroy Sané. Even so, he always speak highly of him, and it's also interesting that when we're discussing Bayern, if you they are out of the cup, they are behind Bayer Leverkusen, who have played is it 14 wins, three draws. They, in the Champions League, it's going to be tough for them anyway. So I mean, I can just imagine the show that we are sitting here discussing. If Harry Kane goes to Germany, he doesn't win a title. And maybe uh, Tottenham take a cup or something. It's quite, that is what is Bayern is all about. There's always just 90 minutes away from a me, the average kind of game. Then everything is wrong again. So it's good that we praise them, but it's all about the trophy as Bayern. I'm slightly confused though sitting here as we've had this sort of relatively lengthy discussion about Bayern and where the defined role for Harry Kane comes, unless I'm just some simpleton. Uh, well, should he should he be a fox in the box for them and just? Well, he's not. But no, no. But, but 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 uh, what's this? Why are we talking about defined roles? Harry Kane, Harry Kane's game hasn't changed that much from being at Tottenham Hotspur. Guess what? He's got better players around him and a better coach. He scores goals. He drops deep. And you don't tell him, drop into this position or drop there. He works it out when the opposition set up. That's how he plays. And then others work around him. It, 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 really, it really isn't rocket science. He's, as long as he's in the right place at the right time, getting his quarter goals, which he is, and as long as he's dropping off and pulling defenders around and playing passes and allowing space for others to get into, and he's doing that, and he is, it, it's quite simple. It's not... We're not seeing things that are greatly different to what Harry Kane's been doing for England and Tottenham for a long period. He's just doing it in a different league, in a better side, with better players, with more expectation, and been equally successful about it. This is not rocket science here, what Harry's doing, to be quite honest with You've you. You've got to let Harry do his thing. Well, Harry is doing his thing, and it is scoring goals and dropping deep and playing passes and being a team player. It, 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 it's very simple for me. Uh, how simple do things look on February 10th then, Archie? Because that's when we're going to see Leverkusen taking on Bayern. Can Bayern actually win this game? Uh, sorry, you, you mean Bayern or, or Leverkusen? Bayern, <laughs> Munich. Because, listen, Leverkusen are the leaders and they've been the leaders a long time now. I, I, I can't remember ever questioning whether Bayern Munich can win a game, particularly with the squad that they have. 
I, I think it's, the ball is still, as Thomas Tuchel is, has put it, is in Leverkusen's court. And like I think Bayern have the quality to beat every team in the league, uh, even when they've had loads of players out through injury. So, so the question for me is Leverkusen, when they played against the rest of the top four this season, and indeed Dortmund just behind it, uh, they've, they've had to come through some tough moments. Away at Stuttgart, they went behind, came back and drew 1-1. Home to Dortmund, they went behind, kept doing the same things that they've been doing, drew 1-1. Away to Bayern, with five minutes to go, they go 2-1 down, and most teams crumble. But they don't. They go and equalize in the 94th minute. And these kind of shows of characters say to me, shows of character even say to me that this is a side that can challenge Bayern and will actually help to push Bayern to new heights themselves, which is maybe something that they've lacked in recent years in having a competitor who can really make them raise their game as well. So yeah, Bayern can absolutely <laughs> win that game 100%. But I think the, right. the bigger question to Let me, me is, is what Jayden level will Leverkusen will be? Uh, yeah, well, we'll see. Anyway, I mean, when I February, will Bayern well, when February the tenth comes around, I don't know how many games, league games, between now and February the tenth. It could depend on how big that gap is by then, if there indeed is a gap. That the pressure could really be on Bayern Munich if if, if Bayer Leverkusen keeps stretching. I know they struggled to their win at the weekend and injury time, but but a win's a win. So, uh, you know, if that gap has maybe reached five or six points by the time they meet. That could be huge pressure on Bayern Munich not, not to allow that to go out to like eight or nine. Yeah. I mean, a lot could happen but, between now and then is but, what I'm saying. Go ahead, and, Jan. And it, now, it's just interesting with Archie. Well, last time Bayern Munich played Bayer Leverkusen, he went to a wedding in Greek. Uh, agree. So I, I was I I was there for ESPN. So I'm just wondering if Archie gonna be there. That is point one and point two. I mean the story. What's he gonna be of, wearing? Yeah, and what, what he's gonna be wearing? <laughs> That's my two questions. No, but, but all right then. Well, Jan, just let me quickly ask you: Will Bayern win that game? Uh, yeah, based on experience, based on everything. We will all build that up as the big, big game. This is the time. And then there will be a shot from Joshua Kimmich from 20 meters and a deflection, of course, and it will be 1-0 Bayern. <laughs> that is a typical kind of thing. But we all do hope, and this is nothing against Bayern. This is for the Bundesliga. We hope that Leverkusen can do that. But as Craig is saying, there's some games coming up. There is a game in hand and all that kind of kind of stuff. And, but I do feel when I saw Leverkusen win at that injury time, that was a bit Bayern Munich-ish. That was a, a, a champion's kind of skill. So well, let's just hope and pray that that will, game will be decisive. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, Archie, what has the reaction been to Jaden Sancho's second debut at Borussia Dortmund? From, from Dortmund fans, they're 
they're very pleased, but they also know that the better he plays for them, the the, the, the smaller the chance that he stays at the club. So it's a it's a bit of a catch twenty two situation for them, I think. It, it was it was a great impact, and I think that. The longer that he'd gone on without scoring or assisting, then people were going to very quickly ask, well, how how much of a good idea was it for Dortmund to go get him back? So to make this kind of instant impact is good for his confidence and to try and give himself that little bit of a spark, but also for, for Dortmund in terms of showing what an instant impact that he can make. There are still problems that Dortmund have in terms of building up uh, from the back, that and that is one of the biggest things that they've needed to sort uh, since the winter break. And doing it against Darmstadt not so effectively, I think, still shows that Jaden Sancho is a bit of a plaster over the greater problems at Borussia Dortmund right now. But look, he's he's selling shirts, and just his sheer presence there, it, it gives it gives Dortmund this unpredictable quality going forward, which I think they missed and somebody who can really get into that top bracket of being in world class is maybe too strong, but that's how he looked during his first spell there. hundred percent. It's just about how far back down that road can he go with them now? Uh, just quickly as well, Archie, Gio Reyna wants out according to reports. He wants out of Borussia Dortmund. Where might he land if he is to leave? Good question. I don't know where he'll land, but I think that it is very much time for him to try somewhere else because he's 21, which I, I'm still kind of a bit surprised at the fact that he's still that young. And yet he has shown when he has got the chances that he is a player of, of quality. It's just he has had so many setbacks, whether it's with the national team or whether it's with Dortmund, with injuries, at, at bad times and I still remember seeing him go off in tears away at Stuttgart when another one set him back and I think that all of these things when you're such a young player who has the talent that he has has the ability to get in your head and your mind starts to wander and when you're at Dortmund where his preferred position is is playing centrally as a number 10 and he has ahead of him Julian Brandt and he has Marco Royce a club legend, it's difficult for him to know, well, when am I going to get my chance, particularly when he's received chances, but they've been out wide and that's not where he's most effective. So I think that his next destination, if you look at the clubs he's being linked with, it, they are top five European league clubs. I think that I, I, if I was him, I wouldn't be afraid to go maybe a touch lower to just go and really I don't know, dominate a place to get that confidence going to, to a great place. But look, he's, he's certainly got the quality to perform on, on that level. It's just a question of, is he going to get that chance now? I think he needs to, well, I don't think, I know. He needs to go somewhere he's going to play. Then he needs to keep himself fit and he needs to perform. And it's that simple. Uh, there's no point trying to go to one of the big boys and sit in your backside. Uh, He's got to do what Pulisic has done, going to Milan and, and, and one or two others. And just to go back quickly to the uh, Jaden Sancho thing, the better he does at Dortmund, the better for United because they might be able to get a bigger price and sell him. And I'll tell you why, because I wouldn't have him back. 
I wouldn't have him back at Man United, no matter who the coach was. And I know the door's probably closed with Ten Hag there, but who the hell knows how long he's going to be there. But I think from Man United's perspective, I would not want him back at the club. Not with his attitude. Basically down tools for two to three months. And he can go to Dortmund, he can go to Germany, he can play as well as he wants. But if I was in that football club and I was in that dressing room, I would not want him back, even if they changed manager. It's as simple as that. I don't care how well he does at Dortmund. I don't care if he goes in there and scores 15 goals between now and the end of the season. If I'm at Man United and I was a player in that dressing room, I do not want him back. Because he did not help me as a player. Simple as that. But, but yeah, uh, I hear what you say. Uh, uh, then again, Jaden Sancho doesn't have an attitude problem. If you learned that from the CEO of Dortmund, it's just coming late, which is an attitude problem. I, w- I will guess that is one of the main things that you will you keep the team waiting for you. But I'm not 100% sure, uh, Craig. Uh, at, uh, at the weekend, I was at Old Trafford. I saw the optimism. I had a pleasure to meet Sir Jim Ratcliffe. I don't think he will remember me. I will remember him when he came there. And, and Sir Jim Ratcliffe, will, you, have the, you have the feeling when coming up the summer, you are not 100% sure who will be the manager. And I think, Craig, maybe, yes, it's, it's a view that they shouldn't take him back because of his attitude, because he, he, he kind of disappeared uh, off, the, uh, off the table at Manchester United. But I'm not sure that maybe a new manager will see Jadon Sancho's... But you know the coaches, they have this God syndrome. They can't feel that we will turn him around. We will turn him into a great Manchester United player after getting some self-confidence, some goals, some assists, maybe a trophy at, uh, at Dortmund. All right. Well, time will tell. Well, he had, plenty, he had plenty of time to do all that when he was, since he's been at the club. Garrett, he wasn't picked for England either. And there's, just an, there's, an, under, there's an underlying... I don't think this player is, is good enough to carry that baggage and justify going back to Man United. You know what, what, you're, what potentially you're getting as a problem is not outweighed by what he's going to do for you on the field. He's I, a I've young kid, Craig. I, he's a young I've kid. Certainly, I've certainly, listen, listen. What do you mean he's a young kid? He's not 17. He, no, but you're sitting is it, there. Is it and you, no, no, but 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 Craig, you are sitting there making your analysis based he, on what he you refused to play for two or three months, yes, right or wrong. We, right, we, there we absolutely, go. There we go. absolutely. Right. But we are sitting there. We know that thing can change quickly. That's what I'm trying to say. You may be, you may be right. Maybe that is the way to do. If Ten Hag is keep doing that. And it doesn't matter how many games he, or, or goals he will score for Dortmund. They won't take him back. I understand that. I'm just saying we've seen more, less spectacular changes in a young player's life than Jadon Sancho going back to Manchester United to play because, wow, there are enough players at Manchester United that don't deserve to, to play for them at the moment. So I, I, I can't see that as a... That could, that could happen with another manager. All right, we must... What, by the way, what age is Jaden Sancho? I don't know off the top of my head. Do we know? Yeah, Nottingham Forest is going. 23? <laughs> Jorge Mendes. Hold on. Do we know off the top of the head what age Jaden Sancho is? Because I don't know off the top of my head. Does 23, anybody? Archie? Sounds right. <laughs> yeah, we'll go 23. We're going to go with 23. If he's 23, uh, uh, if he's 23, Jan, he's not a young player. Right? If he's 23, he's not Ooh. a young player. Right. All right. Okay, I can't argue. I can't, I can't argue on, on. I can't argue on views on age. So I, I'll, I will. No comment. Pro- I tell you what, he is, he's a problem. 
All right. That's what it is. Let's, let's move on. Archie, we're going to see you at the weekend for the Leipzig against Leverkusen game. We'll be pitch side for that one, and we look forward to hearing more from you. Make sure to always be with us for our Bundesliga coverage. And you can watch the whole interview Archie conducted with Tuchel over on our YouTube channel. But this is what we do have coming up this weekend in the Bundesliga. I'm sure Craig will be tuning in for Cologne against Borussia Dortmund to see how Jaden Sancho fares in that game. Leipzig taking on Leverkusen, as mentioned, and Bayern Munich will be in action against Bremen. Yeah, make sure to go and check out more of that interview with Thomas Tuchel that Archie conducted. Some really good stuff that he says there. Uh, that is over on our YouTube channel right now. So just a reminder about Lionel Messi's win in FIFA The Best this week, which did not include the period in which the World Cup was played, just in case that hadn't been mentioned before. Jan, these guys have had their say on it. What did you think about it? Have you been rioting on Haaland's behalf on the streets of Norway? Absolutely. I mean, first, point one, starting 11 without Rodri. A joke. Uh, the, the women starting 11 without nearly any Spanish players. A joke. Giving it to Messi, I don't want to use the word joke and Messi because maybe Messi is the best player ever. But to give him the prize for 2023, I mean, come on. I mean, that is like giving Godfather Oscar this year. That I mean, you, you have to find a time. And, and surely, <laughs> and surely, you, yeah, you could argue, you can argue with Ballon d'Or, of course. Although he's got, he's got so many goals, but, but please, I mean, that is, that is just politics, pure politics, not giving him to, to Erling Haaland for 2023, please. Which, yeah, and which godfather? <laughs> <laughs> one, one, two or three? Uh, good question. I, li I like three. number one. But yeah, one. number one. Number one. Oh, oh wow, that, that might be... Jens come out with some lines <laughs> <laughs> he's ever said. Ah. All right, Jan, listen, we've got a few things out. The future is looking positive. Haaland, Oscar Bob, Odegaard. I'm not going to ask you if they can finally win something. I'm ask him about the eight players in <laughs> <laughs> Can you actually qualify for a major tournament now that you've got these young names? My mate is the national coach, Stoller Solbakken, and I think that Stoller... He loves to train a club team because he doesn't want to have six months be be between every game. But when you see Oscar Bob against Newcastle, brilliant player. Martin Erdegaard, Erling Haaland. We have Nussa in Belgian football, a great player as well. So don't ask us to win something. Just get us to a tournament, please. Every European country will be at the Euro except Norway, except Haaland, <laughs> except Erdegaard, except uh, Bob. And all that kind of thing. But but what I do like about uh, Oscar Bob, and, and, and you, you probably do the analysis of him uh, at the show, but what I like is fantastic attitude. After the game, we were, of course, there. I spoke to him after the game. And the only thing he said, I have to do well in training to convince Pep to be a part of the future plans of the club. And, that is, and you have to also give credit to Manchester City that they turn up with more academy players all the time. And Oscar Bob is one of them. Sander Berger, there's another name. They've actually got, you know, I'm not always been tongue in cheek no. when I'm saying <laughs> no, it to Jan because I'm in, I'm in a rather large stone house with the Scotland national team throwing <laughs> stones, although they did qualify uh, this time. But this, there's, there's a real, for Norway, this is a real nucleus of some good players there. You know, obviously some world class stars, and then if they can just fill that with 
uh, some really solid players. Maybe the future is looking... What was it they were once... When we played against Norway many moons ago, they were number five in the world, I believe. The heady heights of Norwegian... I was, uh, I was number two in the world FIFA ranking. Number two, thank you, Craig. Uh, well, thank uh, you. Those, those FIFA rankings are just a waste we of time. We love them. We used to love them. <laughs> While we're on WorldCast players, let's talk about Kareem Benzema's current situation on how... Well, that's like the godfather, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, next, what are you be talking about next? Bring him back. Listen... Let's, let's talk about this. Unhappy in the Saudi League right now. Linked to a January move to the Premier League, Jan. We've seen the likes of Chelsea and Arsenal mentioned as potential landing spots for him. Should they jump at that opportunity? I think if they would get him. Uh, but uh, it's what kind, what's happening in the Saudi? Henderson out, Benzema out. I'm not sure that he will go somewhere. I, I think he will, will stick there. But of course, he, he will guarantee you goal. And we've talked so many times about Chelsea, what's going on there, but without the striker. So, of course, if they got a, had a chance to get him, but why should he go there on a loan for three, four months? Everything to lose, in my opinion. Is you know, when you risk? look... Risk? Is there a risk? So, six months in the Saudi Pro League, and then obviously the version of Benzema that was in that final season at Real Madrid was one that was plagued by injuries. Well, some of the clubs might need to take a risk because they're not in a position of strength, uh, you know, looking for strikers. But, you know, I think the other thing is, is like these guys have played in some of the greatest arenas uh, in world football at the highest level with elite level uh, teammates. And they make this big money end of, uh, end of career sort of pension filler out to Saudi Arabia. And it's tough. I mean, it is tough, I, I would imagine, because aesthetically, quality-wise, you know, the crowds, everything, and the, the lifestyle, it's, it's a lot different to, I think, what they would perceive before they got there. And I think a lot of them, they're finding it, even though they're getting paid uh, a lot of money, a lot of dough, they're just finding it tough. And it must be hard to sort of... You must question yourself when you get there about the motivation. How do you motivate yourself to keep going and playing in front of these sometimes paltry crowds with inferior players? And I would imagine that's kind of in the forefront of somebody like Benzema's mind. Like, just come back and maybe I could just do six months or 12 months somewhere and, you know, get that feeling again, which I'm not obviously getting in Saudi Arabia. Should, should clubs like Chelsea or Arsenal say absolutely yes? I, I think... Chelsea, I should say absolutely yes. I mean, Arsenal are, are building a, a more long-term project with the young players. Uh, somebody like Karim Benzema kind of coming in and upsetting, uh, upsetting both the identity of the club and maybe the wage structure. I, I think it's harder for them to, to recover from. But given where Chelsea are and given who Chelsea have, have shown themselves to be, um, I, I think Karim Benzema coming in, giving a bit of experience, giving a bit of quality, particularly in that striker position, is, is something Chelsea desperately need. All things being even, because apparently financial fair play doesn't apply to, to some clubs. But in, just in terms of an of a easy fit, a natural fit, Benzema to Chelsea makes a whole lot of sense to me. OK, Jan, we'll be back to answer your questions in the latest edition of Extra Time. Make sure to check that out over on our YouTube channel. He's no doubt got some lovely little one-liners like we just got from him then. But yeah, extra time always available every single day over on YouTube. <laughs> all right, that's all we've got time for in the main edition of the show. You will. These guys you will. Be you will. Your I'll, I'll keep, the Asian Cup I'll keep your eye on it. Extra time, which is coming next with Jan. <laughs> Welcome into the latest edition of Extra Time. Craig and Shaka and Jan. Extra time's going to be short. 
Okay, well, there's quite a few questions, I will say. Well, I, 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 don't tell me that. Too much waffling on the main show. Okay, you two are having a big <laughs> argument, you and Jan. Well, he's, he's sticking up for kids that are not kids. <laughs> that were kids. Almost 24-year-old kids. All right, Jan. Do you notice nobody jumped to the rip? Waffling. Move on. <laughs> waffling. Jan. Jan. Did De Bruyne play so well last weekend because he got the Jan haircut before the match? Oh. He must have the same <laughs> Yes. Yes, that was the only, only reason. De Bruyne has used his time outside or, or outside with an injury to have a look at my uh, haircut. I think that... <laughs> yeah, it's quite good. Quite good. good. <laughs> no. what, was, what was more interesting, I, I don't know if you saw that, but it was interesting when Pep were to put him on, for different reasons, he was standing there for four and a half minutes talking to him. And it was quite interesting because, you know, at, as a James is, you're just sitting behind the benches as a journalist and you're just sitting there watching them. And it was very interesting to see. Uh, De Bruyne said after the game, they, they, couldn't, they couldn't agree who to take off. But it seems that they were talking through different kind of position that he could get into. And, oh, wow, they found the right one. You know how Jan goes to, you know how he's very rarely at home and he goes to lots of games? <laughs> De Bruyne has definitely seen him. <laughs> prancing around Manchester, just popping up like in pizza shops and... So, wait, but, the, the, yeah, the, the question is, he, go, he goes to his barber and does what? Shows him a photo of Jan? He goes in. So he was watching, he was watching uh, FC on YouTube. Uh, he's definitely, he, de he definitely, he definitely wasn't done that. And he went home to his missus, De Bruyne, he went home to his missus and kids, he went, I've seen this guy. He said, he turns up at every freaking game, but I like his hair. That's no. the one for me. Or he went to Erling Haaland and he said, this guy that is stalking you, he got a good yeah. haircut. <laughs> <laughs> I was expecting to see them pop up all over the Premier League now. Uh. All right, Shaka. I love the name here, at Taller Than Shaka. But... <laughs> Shaka, following up on yesterday's discussion, how is your relationship with the TTFA now? Did you end on good terms at the end of your international career? Um, well, right now it's not great. It, you know, I've, I've been a little bit too critical, um, so it's not been great. I ended up in good terms. I, I mean, I went back to play the national team because uh, Bertha Sinclair was, was appointed a national coach. He's, he's a player who gave me my youth debut, and, and so I was kind of happy to let that go under the bridge, but I'm, I'm a little bit too opinionated at times. So the grudge is their side? Huh? Grudges are not a good thing. No, I, I, I'm not bothered. I'm, I'm going on with my life. They're going on with theirs. Nobody's. I... There's no, no meeting in the middle. Yeah, no. We've, is is we've that because they're not on separate Sha ways and everybody's happy? Shaka, is that because they don't pick you anymore, or what's the reason for the credit? <laughs> Just the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 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 ah, no, no, they left me on a long time ago. All right. So it's time to move on. Time, yeah. You've got. You have bigger fish to fry. We've both moved on. <laughs> exactly. Like you, you know, you do uh, commercials and you, well, you know, do these film, film things. I'm into acting now. You've been acting up lately. <laughs> <laughs> Some great usernames tonight. We've also got Craig's Raging Positivity. He hasn't stepped into the positivity. Yes, yeah, 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 that's right, Craig. Well, um, Showing a lot of restraint. Yeah. 
Great. <laughs> <laughs> right, now that Ivan Tony is back from his ban, will anything be said about it in the locker room, or is it back to business without a thought? <laughs> said about it? <laughs> I mean, there wouldn't be a day goes past that he's not getting his ribs tickled about what he did. And I'm, I haven't, I'll be honest, I haven't read up completely on the the whys and where nots about, about the betting. Uh, all I know is he's been banned, but you just know in a dressing room, the boys will know, you, you're, there's nothing that is sacred. Nothing secret, yeah. Pretty well, yeah, you, guess him, you guess stick. You he's guess. getting stick. And you didn't stick. Score a couple of goals and then everything. And by the way, Brentford, you know, the bigger picture here is whether Ivan Tony uh, leaves or not, or somebody pays the money for him, which I very much doubt in January is Brentford are in free fall. They're just above the relegation now, lost in the FA Cup yesterday to Wolves after being in front and, and really need to get somebody back because, you know, un they could uh, be in a position that they're potentially heading back to the Championship and they've never really been a side that looked like that was going to happen. So it's a, a important timing for Thomas Frank to get him back and get him playing and, and he'll be hoping that if they do sell him, it'll be in the summer. As transfer season is on, can you share how things were in your time? We have heard how there weren't any defined windows, but how did it all start? Did the guys have agents or did they and their family manage contract talks? What about you, Jan? Yeah, well, I never had an agent, that is point one. So when I did moves, uh, I, I used PFA when I was in England. When I went to Germany, I used a, a lawyer to see through my contract. But I, I can use the example of when I was going to uh, Middlesbrough uh, and I was playing for Swindon Town. Uh, we were at the bottom or the middle of the table in the championship and Middlesbrough was going for uh, promotion. And I was one of them when Brian Robson called I said yes before he came to the R in his second name. <laughs> I was like, "Hello, this is Brian Robson. Yeah, I'll sign for you." But now it wasn't that. It wasn't not hundred percent like that. But but it depends what stage you are in your career. I had played in the Premier League. I've scored many goals in the second part of the season. I went down in the Championship, kept scoring, but still you wanted to get back in the Premier League. League, but it, but I knew that Middlesbrough the potential they that they had. But I was very keen to get away because you felt that when you go in there, they were, they were going into a new stadium. And I, I saw Brian Robson and Viv Anderson. We met somewhere um, in between and they showed me photos of, of Riverside Stadium. Uh, they, they showed me or they talked about the potential and so on and so on. So I was quite easy to talk into uh, that move to use that as an ex example. So I think that it all depends where you are in your career. Uh, when I went to Germany, I was more desperate to get away from sitting on a bench at Barnsley because John Henry uh, tried to be a wannabe manager at that time. So I was sitting there. So I was just happy to get to the Bundesliga. When I, when I started, well, I had an agent, but it was not a full-time agent. It was an accountant and, um, you know, it just was, it wasn't done yeah, pretty, pretty much. Um, it was only when I moved to Newcastle that I, I got my first full-time agent. Um, two gentlemen, Jonathan Barnett and, and David Benassi, who started Stella, now one of the biggest agencies in the world. Um, but even then, they, they, I was the first Premier League footballer on their books. Um, so that kind of full-time professional agent and agency was very new. Was very new. You were the, uh, 
You, you set the wheels in motion. I, I, I did. Yep. I most <laughs> certainly did. Pied Piper. Yes. <laughs> and what do I have to show for it? And they come sat here. <laughs> sat here with us. Banned from the TTFA. <laughs> ah. Do your own contracts. Some of them I did my own early in the early days and others later on when I was making a couple of big-ish moves that were for a, well, it was a lot of money back then in the 90s. Uh, you needed somebody to do that for you because negotiations were ongoing from, from both sides. So that was too difficult to do on your own, to be honest with you. The, the people who could do all that talking. Yeah. yeah. Talking's a problem. All right. For Jan, <laughs> for Jan, who will have a more successful rest of the season, Sancho or Werner? Ooh. Well, good question. Uh, two players that I like, even they're not both kids, just one of them, uh, Jaden Sancho. Um, uh, but I, I wish, I must say, first of all, I wish them the term to do well because these are two players that followed through their career. They had different angles to this. Sancho is he's, he's put a lot in himself because you can't blame the manager you can't blame the club because you always have to see that you have a short career that you have to look after yourself do the right thing have the right attitude Timo Werner is a bit different because T Timo Werner is a is a player lives from his confidence and you saw that after the game now talking about that it was so convincing he's talking to Postacoglu I think I can improve here uh, and then of course his stats as Chelsea is not as bad as everybody wanted to have them because they just wanted to confirm the narrative of his career there. So I would say that I think that Timo Werner, if I've said in goals and assists, uh, I would say Timo Werner. All right. Uh, with De Ligt now sidelined for six weeks and Kim already away, do you think Dragosheen regrets choosing Spurs? He could have been a starter at Bayern for Champions League matches. Also, how well do you think Dyer will perform under Tuchel? Mm. Mm. Well, look, Dragosheen has made a decision. Uh, he thinks that's for the benefit of his career long term. He's only just got there, so I think regretting it would be the wrong uh, way to look at it. He's at a very progressive, I'm not going to say prog progressive club, but certainly a very progressive coach. And I think for Eric Dyer, I don't know, I mean, he, he's not a bad player, but whenever I've watched him in the last couple of years, if I'm watching as a neutral, he, he doesn't fill me full of confidence defensively. I think there's always a mistake in there, and I think he's a bit cumbersome and not the quickest. And we'll see how that we'll see how that pans out. Can Tuchel get what he needs out of him, Jan? Yeah, I, I'm. We just saw in the show we saw uh, Blint scoring for uh, Sevilla. Uh, now uh, Girona. Girona. Uh, and yeah, and uh, and when he came to to Bayern, he never got a trust and he didn't play well. It was not a great signing, and I. I said in a, in a German program that I think maybe that Dyer could be the same kind of player for him. It helps that Tuchel wants him. It also helps that uh, Tuchel doesn't rate or trust Delict. So Dyer will maybe get his chance. But I'm quite. I think it's quite interesting that he's coming as a as a, as a replacement for Dragosin because he was the first choice uh, of Bayern and. And it's quite interesting to see that Postecoglou can't use him, Tottenham can't use him, he can't get into the team there. So he's going to then improve 
buying that much, I don't think that math, uh, math will kind of equal. You're saying can Thomas Tuchel get what he needs what out of What he needs out of Eric I'll tell you what he needs out of another five miles per hour. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, it, but I'm, I'm being honest because Bayern Munich generally dominate a lot of the games in Germany and play a higher line because they're squeezing the game. And what they need is the same as what Tottenham need under Postacoglu, is defenders with a little bit of pace. And it was one of the main re one of the reasons, not the only one, why Postacoglu didn't fancy him. Because they squeeze the game and they play high up, and that's why they've got Romero and Van de Ven, who's super quick. Now at Bayern, he doesn't, as Jan said, and rightly so, he doesn't fancy the Dutchman Delecht. But guess what Delecht is? He's, he's a kind of. If you look at him and Dyer, they're very they're very similar in terms of the figures, in terms of how they run, in terms of the pace. They're a little. They look cumbersome. They look a little sluggish. They get caught in behind. I just don't. I don't. I don't see. He's getting an experienced player who a wasn't deemed good enough to get in the English national team ahead of defenders that weren't playing for the club, and he's been surplus to requirements here at, at, at Tottenham. So, good luck to the boy. But I, I just don't see how he improves him. I, I don't like Dyer as a centre back at all. No. He, even when he was playing consistently for, for Spurs, I, I just felt. I just felt that there was a mystic there, or Craig would say, you give me the heebie-jeebies. I just, I just never liked it at all. And I asked for Jagger, said, listen, you make a decision, you live by it, you know, and, and what happens elsewhere is, is none of your business at this point. So, no, to, to the question, he's not regretting it, he's getting on with his business. I'm just laughing that Eric Dyer's continuing to be talked about at length. Oh, so people keep bringing it up. <laughs> all right, last question. Does Jan still think that Jude Bellingham and Erling Haaland will play together one day? Yes, I do. At Real Madrid? Uh, that was not the question. Is that from Kay? It's my <laughs> but, question. Uh, yeah. yeah, no. <laughs> I think I think it's uh, when we've seen Erling Haaland's career that he seems that he wants to play in different leagues, and I say no reason why Jude Bellingham should leave Real Madrid. And if Erling Haaland then will move on, what do you, where do you go from the treble? Where do you go from the best team in England? And you've been in Germany already. Then you will go to Spain. Where will you go to in Spain? Uh, then you will go to Real Madrid, and Jude Bellingham is there. So that's my simple math based on facts. So this summer? Oh, oh. No, I can't. I, well, I'm ju just speaking <laughs> uh, of my opinion, but I can see no. Why should he go now this summer? He is at the best team in Europe. Yeah, and do me a favour here just to finish off. Can you put those glasses back on for me? <laughs> put those glasses. I'll tell you why. No, put, I, I saw put you. I'll tell you what. I'll right, put, 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 tell you why. No, leave them on. Leave them on. Leave them on. No, I, I no, would no, never do whatever. Put, put okay. them on. Right, Kevin De Bruyne might be stealing your hairstyle. <laughs> <laughs> but he won't steal my Trust glasses. Me. <laughs> Trust me. I'm, 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 I'm selling the house on this one. There's no way. He's gone home to his mess. He's gone. You know that guy with the haircut? He's got these. He's got these cracking glasses. Oh, oh, she runs down to the. If you see if you see Kevin De Bruyne with the glasses on, I want your house. I want your house. And I want and I want you out. I want you out. I tell you what, if I ever see him with those glasses on, 
I'll pay you $500, right? Guaranteed. $500. Is that how much your house is worth? <laughs> <laughs> I haven't got a house. <laughs> You're going to buy your house back for $500. <laughs> There's no way in the world. There's no way in the world. 500 bucks. That's the safest $500 ever. There's no way. Uh, safer than your house. <laughs> I will find oh I will find a photo of Kevin De Bruyne with the glasses on. Now, I mean, what AI, what is it AI? Can, can AI do that yeah, these days? Absolutely. Oh, somebody's going to do that now, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just checking that we, we haven't already been sent something before I say goodbye to everybody. Oh, oh <laughs> there is in fact a picture of Kevin De Bruyne. <laughs> 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 Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a little different. Here's a more No, no, no. Where did send this check, yeah? No, but, I, no, but have a look. The hairstyle's different. <laughs> this was. This is Kevin De Bruyne. You, it. you didn't say both. You just oh, said no, glasses. No. You just look, said glasses. Right. But that's fine. It has to have those glasses, which are not them, and the hair. Okay. I, 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 oh. I'm changing the <laughs> so <laughs> Can't be. That was the quickest, that was the quickest backtrack of ever seen. Quickest $500 I've had for a long time. You see, you notice, never stuck for an answer, see? Never stuck for... You has, can't have the Kevin De Bruyne spiky and the glasses. It has to be the, the Alice band oh, and yeah, those glasses. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Go on All and right. on and on. $500, I'll send you my account number. $500 coming All right, that's it for the latest edition of Extra Time. Thank you. <sighs> Sending in your questions. We'll be back to do it all again tomorrow.